Hey, just a quick heads up. This is not your normal always record. This is um, a, a meeting of sorts uh, referring to April 11th's ritual slash art project uh, that we've been discussing uh, over the last few Sundays. If you are interested in taking part and participating, uh, we are inviting you all to submit a one-minute piece of audio or one-minute piece of video or combination thereof. Um, so if that's something that you're really interested in doing and participating, then I would suggest that you listen to this episode. That's really the only reason we're releasing it is for those of you who are excited about being part of this project. If you're not particularly excited in being part of that project, this is probably a very boring or at least, uh, you know, not relevant uh, audio today. So um, just fair warning, if you if you don't care, go ahead and skip to episode 207, which I'm also releasing. Uh, that was the this this is the sort of meeting part, and then that is the um, more standard always record uh, conversation. So uh, you know, beyond that, do what you will. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, good, Alan. Do you know how I ca- are you? Is everyone on cap? You on your camera or you just um, your icon? So most people have an option of turning a camera on or off. I don't have a camera set up for for mine, so uh, I'll just be an icon. But uh... okay, all right, that's cool then. I didn't. I didn't know if I was missing the party. You know. No, it's it's nice to get to be able to see you there. Yeah, I've got my camera on, but cool. It was good to talk the other night. Yeah, absolutely. It sure was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was nice to get to see uh, your your drafting in action and your um, your protective circle. Yeah, that, that was completely spontaneous, as, as you probably guessed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I take this sort of stuff quite seriously, really, and um, in a very playful manner. And so, ever since the idea was mooted, it's been kind of floating in my mind with everything I do, you know, everything I'm doing over the, you know, until we do that is kind of in a way tied into it, you know? Same, same. I, I absolutely, yeah. I've been living in that space. Um, putting a lot of thought into like how I want to not just even uh, participate on, on that day, but then, right, how do you prepare for it uh, in each and every action throughout the week or whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the videos of the um, the light, uh, Alan? No, I didn't see the ones you sent today, no. Okay. Yeah, they're just kind of, there's a couple of sort of playful little bits of light chants, you know, where a, an orb thing bubbles down and bubbles up, which is quite a nice little coincidence. So it might be quite playful in your video at some point, you know? Absolutely. No, I've already started making a collection of media that people either have sent me or that I'm coming across. Uh, I just had um, Jim Kincaid sent me a minute of audio and a minute of video today. So I haven't looked at that yet, but that's there. Oh, have you put a shout out for that then? Uh, He reached out to me after the last episode. Um, Okay. I I should have... uh, sort of 
put that shout out to everyone and I'm, and I, I just didn't get to do it yet. Yeah. So who else? Uh, I see that we have some people on the call. Do, um, are Joe and Guillaume and Doug, Dennis, are you guys all here? I'm here, but I'm cooking, so I'm muting. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm here too. I just, my kids were, uh, we were just coming inside, so I put it on mute, but I'm here. Cool. Okay. Just, just trying to, just kind of checking in. All good. Yeah. No, good to hear everybody's voice. Um, and Jeremy's coming. So I, uh, as, as we were saying, so the idea of putting a call out to people, has anyone else, I know we had sort of talked about that last week, did anyone, I did a, I guess I will say, uh, I spoke to Hannah, Hannah's in, I think it was in the email, but Hannah agreed to be our 13th uh, chair in this. Thanks. Um, and, uh, and as I said, uh, Jim Kincaid sent me some stuff. Anyone, has anyone spoken to anyone else outside of that? Sort of window or anything? No, I haven't. Do, would you, would, you know, if you put a shout out, might 100 people want to contribute? 50? Or can you have a sort of guess? Or could they send a, a word or contribute in some way at the yeah, time? Yeah, so we did put the, sh I mean, basically, that the audio you listened to, I mean, that uh, we did in that last sort of episode i guess you'd call it we did sort of you know explain how we would accept contributions but let's say that again now for anyone who's listening anyone who isn't part of this call who might be listening let's let's assume we release this recording um people can send one minute of audio or video or both um and uh that's you know the the sort of framework of what we're looking for is has been laid out uh there's gotta be a better way i can i can say this let me just think a second there's um singbook.com slash always record what was that uh episode 203 and uh mark this is what i sent you it's the second part of uh episode 203 and that lays out all our, that was where we had our whole conversation about this art project. If anyone, you know, has questions of what, what exactly the, the concepts are, that's where they would find that. And again, what we're uh, looking for from people who might want to participate in another way is to send us uh, a minute of, of audio, send us a minute of video that will be worked into the final product. And I think the other thing we should do once we have an exact time figured out and that uh, looks like SJ's here now. I think the really just this is going to be between SJ, uh, Mark, I and probably Zanor um, finding out a good time. I know SJ had an idea of doing something a little later in the day so that it worked out for uh, more of an astrological alignment. But we don't also don't want it to get too late in the UK where Mark is and Wally are. Um, anyway, I guess just to say, like, once we have a, a time frame absolutely nailed down, I think we should put in this shout out, uh, whatever announcement we make, 
is to invite people to participate in their own way, almost like, uh, you know, there are things like uh, global meditations and stuff like that. Hey, from this, you know, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. this day, invite people to participate in their own way, uh, not on the call, not not sort of participating in that way, but to um, actually meditate and put some thought into that space. Um, I think that's a, not a bad idea to invite people to, if they're if they're encouraged uh, and are so inspired to participate in that way, to do to lend their energy to it, if you if you will. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts there? Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds logical. SJ, are you on? Are you on this call? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Cool. Okay. I made it. Yeah. How's it going? Awesome. Yeah. Good to hear your voice, man. So, uh, just to clarify, I know there have been a bunch of emails. Um, where are you at this point? You know, where do you feel like we've landed with the conversation of a timing uh, for that day? I know you wanted to do. Uh, Sort of play play up some more of that moon energy. Um, can you just speak to that for a minute of like where where your argument would be for uh, the timing of the, the ritual? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, given this is a global ritual, there's really not. So, um, just let me back up here. Usually, when you're going to do like a ritual and you want to time it to the movement of the planets, um, there's certain just kind of rules that make for a more powerful. Um, kind of energy. And so we had talked on the call, maybe, I think maybe it was 203, about uh, having um, a altar um, that would ground the ritual in some physical location. Um, and that, and we, we were saying that might be uh, London or where Mark is. Um, and so because of that, then that would give us a chance to time these, this movement um, of the planets to that location um and it's and you know having the moon rising would be ideal now i think because it's a global ritual it's probably less important given that everyone will be participating so somewhere on the globe you will have these ideal alignments okay so you know i mean i think it's something where it might be nice if at the altar space there was this kind of uh, rising moon but it's certainly i don't think required to to capture at least a a lot of the power of what we're going for here um so it's really a question i think of scheduling and i did pull up before this call uh, because mark you sent me your location i was able to find um, a city that was close to Uh i think where you are uh edinburgh and edinburgh Edenbridge. Uh, Edenbridge. Are, are yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, my software did have that, and it's kind of, I guess, north of like a, the forest area where it's that you gave me there, just a little bit north. And yeah, so in Eden, fine. yeah, on uh, so at at eleven eighteen British summer time in Edenbridge, you will have Sagittarius rising with the moon there, and that's kind of where we focused all of our symbolic energy. 
But again, it's I don't think because of the global nature of this thing, that's absolutely required. And I think that the timing considerations of everyone's schedule is, is certainly uh, very, very important. I know Doug had a, a bit of an issue with uh, maybe going too early. So I also wanted to try to um, just keep that in mind as well. And Mark, what time is it there for you right now? Uh, 10 past nine. Okay. Okay, so uh, SJ, I believe you said a, like around eleven something, so it'd be two hours after this. Yeah, it was eleven eighteen British Standard Time. It was when is when you get to have this uh, Sagittarius rising, where the moon is, and where we're kind of focusing this this kind of uh, energy. So, yeah, it would be eleven eighteen exactly uh, when when the sign of Sagittarius begin uh, is on the ascendant and starts ascending there. So the late so if I understand the time zones correctly, uh, Wally and Mark would be the ones in the latest latest in the day. So those are really the ones who would have to, you know, would have to see how they feel about that. Um, presumably for everyone it's, else, isn't it? Just to say, France. I mean, I'm trying to. Is France going to be a consideration there too? Because that might push them into early morning. I know for me here in Georgia, well, it's gonna, I mean, I'm going to be awake because I'm, it's, it's, um, I'm on some weird timing sleep schedules right now. But uh, France might also be an issue there, Alan. So, uh, Guillaume, are you on this call? I think yeah. we have yeah. Guillaume and Jeremy. Okay. What time is it for you guys right now? Uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Yeah, all right. It's going later that way. Got you. So what, what time are, are we talking about? Now, if we pushed forward two hours, that starts to put you guys. Yeah, I didn't realize, and that probably put. Um, okay, now that I, for whatever reason, I thought. Uh, basically, the West Coast was the latest time, but now I'm realizing it's getting later as it goes east. So that's going to change everybody, both France. Um, SJ, where you are, Joe, where Joe is in Israel. Um, so probably if maybe the if Doug needs us to push back a little bit, I'm sure we could do that. But maybe it's not a full two hours. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of we can pursue this through email if, if you guys want. Unless um, anybody has any specific feeling right now. But so to say this seems like we've fallen on this time generally because this is kind of smack dab in the middle of either extreme so this is pretty damn early for Zenor, i know um but he's sort of at that one extreme um but i, I, I just want to underscore yeah go ahead please alan yeah just i mean i think that it it, it is like i said just to really underscore that this is a global ritual and so i think that you know, the timing thing is, is really less important. Um, it really only came up when someone mentioned a, a grounding the ritual in one physical location. And but I mean, if we if we if we uh, pivot and, and think more about this as being this kind of global event, I think I just want to underscore, I think it is less important. And so I um, I just don't want anybody to worry if we have to move it uh, earlier.
Well, I think working around Doug is good. He has family, doesn't he? he has young to, I suppose, lots of you have family. I don't actually know. Um, yeah. But if it's 11, 18 in the evening here in England, that's not a big problem for me. I mean, it's kind of past my bedtime, but I, you know, I've stayed up past my bedtime before. But what, what I'll say is the um, <clears throat> where we live... We've got a meadow, either a, a meadow north of us and a meadow south of us. And the meadow south of us, you can see it on that map, it, we call it Moon Meadow because the full moon rises and travels the, the length of the distance of the meadow. And it sets the other side of the meadow. It's kind of like a perfect arc, you know? Um, so we've sort of had a bit of fun in that particular meadow, you know, watching eclipse, the moon, uh, lunar eclipse and things. So I'd feel very comfortable uh, holding whatever that means, the space, um, uh, whilst the moon's rising, because we'll be I'll be able to see the moon rising from the window here. You know, so that might be quite a nice sort of um, pivot, I think you used the word, uh, SJ, which I liked. Yeah, and it looks like Doug. Are you are you with us now? Yeah, I'm here. Cool. Okay. I've, so, I've been here. So just to clarify, on April 11th, we know that it wasn't super ideal for your situation uh, as far as getting out of work. If we did it at this time on that day, <coughs> so can you tell us what would be helpful to make, ensure that you're there? Oh, I mean, it, so let's see. It sounds like, if I'm to understand this correctly, it's going to go for about an hour. And so the question would be, um, let's say we did start two hours later. So that would be 4 p.m. for me, and that would be, that would be ideal. Um, 3 p.m. would be better. 2 p.m. I could probably manage, but it's, it's more difficult. Um, but so the, the question would be whether or not it would be a deal breaker for the people like Guillaume starting at midnight or I'm not certain if Joe is also midnight or if he's even later. So I guess those would be the questions. So uh, long, long story, short answer, uh, you know, 11 p.m. your guys, the GMT would be that would probably be the best for me. And that's and just to be clear, that's a two hour difference. Yeah. From what we have been doing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So can uh, I hear from uh, Guillaume and Jeremy and Joe and. Alan, can I just jump in here? So yeah. Paris, France, Paris, France is 1 a.m. That would be 1 18 a.m. And um, uh, let me see. Um, uh, Jerusalem, I guess I'm think I'm guessing that's where. Joe is Jerusalem would be I think uh, one uh, one at one eighteen a.m. It looks like two for EET. So just I guess to, I had that backwards. Sorry. No, no. It's just I just want to. I'm just trying to get a sense of the time here, so that so those guys can contemplate. I think I'm one hour ahead of Paris. Here in Jerusalem. I... 
SJ, are you using? Yeah, definitely. Are you using like a some sort of world clock? I'm just sort of putting things in right here. All right. So Guillaume says that's good. Joe, you said that's good. Jeremy, do we did we hear from you? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's okay for me. Yeah, one one a.m. It's uh, it's okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, yeah, Jerusalem is an hour ahead. Um, I was using my other software was saying something different. Yeah, I, I guess Jerusalem's GMT plus three right now. So it would be 218 there. I'm just using Google uh, now, Alan. Just type it into Google, time in, and then you put the city, and it'll tell you right away. Um, Joe, can, uh, did, did we, I, I apologize if you did answer, but so if that was, I don't know if you're in the same time zone, he said uh, Jerusalem, I think you're actually in Tel Aviv, but. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Time zone. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever time is really fine, actually. Okay, that's not an issue for you? Cool. No. And Zenora, I don't know where that puts you here. So two hours later, that's probably actually better for you. That's probably like closer to a 7 a.m. or an 8 a.m. Um, so that's two hours. It's two hours later than it is right now. Well, whoever, wherever you are, it's this plus two hours. Yeah, it's better for me. It's 7 o'clock. Hi, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Good evening. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Doug, so this this what that works for you? You're in, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I mean, I don't want to be the if if we need to compromise and make it just one hour. I I mean, I don't want anyone to suffer. <laughs> oh man, everyone's everyone's no, everyone wants to make it work. It's that's fine. Yeah. The only one missing is Wally. Um, I hope it's okay for for him. Absolutely, absolutely true. Um, by, by the way, happy belated birthday, Doug. I think you actually just muted yourself to say thank you, but it's all good, it's all good. Um, SJ, why don't you uh, take over here, sort of, uh, if you're thrown in, Tell us what you're this uh, what you're throwing into the chat here. Uh, okay, yeah, this is just a chart for the moment in time that the ritual that uh, I think I'm suggesting that the ritual begins here. This is uh, just an astrological chart, so um, it, I, I just wanted it's it's set for Eden Bridge, UK, which is right where near where Mark is, and um, you'll see that you have the moon there rising. So if we start the, the ritual right around 1118, and, and the thing I wanted to also suggest is that we have like an arrival time on the call, maybe of like 11, and that way we can all get settled and just kind of get ready so that when it begins, we're all here and ready to go. Um, so that might be important just to underscore that we can kind of arrive here at maybe 11 and then kind of breathe together and, and sit together and then it'll begin and we'll be ready to go. Um, 
but yeah, this is just an astrological chart. So you'll see the moon there. And I think during the course of the, of the ritual, the moon will actually be rising um, as, you know, as we're finishing probably. But the sign that the moon is in will be rising during the whole of the ritual. And that's really what's important. But I can check that exactly here. Um, but I just wanted everybody to have that just so we can see that's kind of, a, you know, oftentimes in, in astrological magic, you, you kind of have a, a fingerprint of a moment in time that then represents that energy. And so this is kind of that, that fingerprint, you know, if we yeah. start at that moment. Can I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, so I don't, I don't, uh, you can feel free to say like, no, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable speaking to this, but if you could, could you tell us, break this chart down a little bit for us and say, okay, well, this is where Sagittarius, basically get give us a sort of, um, a map of the energy we're, we're, we're working with. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you for sure. And I don't mind, I'll talk, uh, on and on and on. <laughs> I love talking, but, uh, yeah, they, I mean. The, the, the key principle uh, in any ritual like this is the moon and, and, and the condition of the moon. And this is found in, in astrological texts going way back, all the way back to the earliest texts we have that discuss electing moments in time. Um, they say, you know, you want the moon to be safe. That's the kind of the fundamental principle. And so when I was looking for a time when this came up on, on one of the calls and and um, Snor was saying, well, what, when can we do this? You know, that's the first consideration. When is the moon safe? And in this chart, you see that uh, the moon does not make so and safe a safe moon. Different astrologers, astrologers will have a different definition of, of that. All right. For me, for how I work, I want the moon to be um, free from what we call a hard aspect. Uh, to Mars and Saturn, because Mars and Saturn are traditionally planets that can do damage. Doesn't mean they're always bad, but they have the, the capacity to really damage. And you see in this chart, the moon does not uh, make a geometric relationship to those two planets. It's difficult. That's all that a hard aspect means. Mars and Saturn are in Aquarius, um, and the moon's in Sagittarius. So it's this kind of a supportive relationship. We call it a sextile in astrology. So that's the, the first and main consideration, Alan. The second thing to notice about the chart is that the moon is waning. And there's also a fundamental principle in electional astrology or in, you know, magical elections that if the moon is waxing, you want um, to increase something. So you might elect a moment in time with the moon waxing to like increase your love life or increase wealth. However, when the moon is waning, you want to decrease something. And so I think this is also a really nice component of this chart. The moon is, I guess that's uh, waning, gibbous, or I could get the disseminating maybe. So um, it'll allow us to tap into this energy of maybe decreasing the pain and suffering that we're seeing right now in the world, the difficulty, you know, and I think the idea of it. Uh, uh, um, so that's the second point. The third maybe main point is that where the moon is in the sky is also of primary importance. You want you want to either have the moon making a, a, a almost exact relationship to a fixed star or to a planet or be or being exactly near it. And with this chart, you have the moon uh, at the beginning of the ritual at about 15 degrees uh, Sagittarius, which is right uh, moving through a constellation in the sky called Ophiuchus, which is made up of a, several fixed stars. Um, and this. Uh, this these stars and this constellation is all about healing. It's it's kind of the healer of the sky. 
Asclepius. You know, they, they say uh, Ophiochus is Asclepius, and Asclepius is kind of the great healer of mythology. And um, I think Zenor can probably speak a lot, maybe some uh, on on these, um, the, the, the mythology of Asclepius. Um, but I think it's just suffice it to say now, this is the healer of the sky. So you have the moon activating these healing points in the, in the zodiac at the time of this ritual, free from harm. And, um, and so I, I'm hoping that this will allow us to kind of open up a portal, as it were, of this healing energy during the, 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 the scope of this ritual. You know, and so that's, that's the main, those are the main astrological considerations. You know, the other planets in the chart, are, are, I don't think are as important. I mean, when I see this chart, you know, you've got Venus uh, on the descendant seeing um, the moon, making a really nice, we, we call it seeing when two planets can, can uh, make a geometric relationship with each other. And you want that. You want Venus being able to see the moon. And so you have that. That might be another good thing in the ritual. But those are the three main points, Alan, um, as to why this is astrologically an auspicious moment. Um, those are the three main points. And maybe Znor can come in because I know he was he did a lot of research on this um, on this constellation and some of the deeper symbols. Uh, um, so he might have something to say. That was a beautiful yeah. description. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, go ahead, Mark. I'm just going to thank SJ for a beautiful description. I could read the map on my screen as he was describing it. It was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I thought it was great. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, just one question before uh, before I say something. But uh, SJ, what is the significance of keeping the moon safe? Like, why why is it that uh, you're saying in astrological tradition? That was the main concern. That's a great question. It's a great question. So you guys may be familiar with the idea of the seven celestial spheres. Right. Uh, so the cosmology of the ancient world, um, and this goes back to Plato, probably before Plato, but it continues into just the early medieval and, and tradition and the medieval traditions. This is how they viewed the world. The cosmology was that you had seven celestial spheres above our above above the earth, and um, and and, and and so they go in what they call Chaldean order or, um, um, yeah, I mean, and this is the order of the planets based, uh, based on their apparent movement in the sky. But the highest sphere, so the seventh sphere is Saturn, the sphere below Saturn is Jupiter, the sphere below Jupiter is Mars, and you have the sphere of the sun, Venus, Mercury, and the moon. So the moon is the celestial sphere that's closest to our reality. I see. So in this... Yeah, in this cosmology, the souls incarnate through these spheres, and the last sphere that you that you touch before you come into form is the sphere of the moon. Um, and so every moment uh, is has an inception chart. Every act has an inception chart. And so in these inception charts, you want to have that last sphere to be untainted. So that's part of it. Um, I think the other, uh, you know, the other part of it is the moon is just our most sensitive. I mean, these are these are. Um, conceived of as as um, as gods in a way. Um, I mean, they're called wandering stars because the the ancients. You look in the sky, you only see seven things moving, and it's these seven um, you know points. Uh, they would call them wandering stars or 
uh, or the planets, even though now our current cosmology doesn't consider the moon or the uh, sun a planet. Uh, but, but I mean, so these are like the most important things uh, that we have in our reality because they're moving uh, above us. And there's debates on whether or not there were signs from the gods or themselves kind of godlike. But, but I mean, that's the main, uh, that's one of the, at least the main reasonings in or the moon is just the most sensitive thing to us. And you see that in our, um, just, you know, what we know today about how the moon affects the water and the moon affects the body. I mean, the moon can really affect us. And so it's just that that's really why uh, it's normal. Uh, I mean, that's uh, part of why I'm sure. Yeah, that's perfect. That makes perfect sense. So it's, it's just the, the closest sphere, like the closest emanation. So you want to get that, that energy purified, right? At the, yeah, at the and, and just and one other quick thing, I mean, it's the thing that moves the most. Um, and so it's, it's the thing that's making contact the most and changing. And so when you time something other than the ascendant, but when you time something, when you time something, that's the thing that you can kind of use as a timing device because it's so active. And, and, and then just the last thing is that you have two luminaries, um, you know, in the astrological uh, philosophy or cosmology, the sun and the moon. And these are the biggest things, right? They're huge. They're right up there. They eclipse each other in these really powerful moments. So the luminaries have really special importance as well in astrology. Um, uh, so those three things, I think, are, are part of it. I mean, this I would I, I would just leave it open. I mean, we could research this and probably go into texts and go into all kinds of other rationales and reasons. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, so the stuff I was looking in, especially the uh, it concerns with uh, the identity of Ophiuchus and uh, Asclepi Asclepius. Um, so Ophiuchus is the is a serpent handler. Um, it's interesting too because sometimes it's called the uh, the thirteenth constellation, and, and we're trying to get thirteen people on this uh, on this call, which. Uh, so there's a neat match there. Um, but Asclepius is, it's an interesting mythology. He, uh, he was the son of Apollo, and his mother was uh, this woman called Coronis. So you have this connection, Coronis, Corona. But Coronis was this uh, crow, um, a black raven. And uh, her, descendant, her descendant was... Uh, uh, Artemis or Diana, so she directly descends from the moon. So you have Apollo as the sun, and then uh, Corona as the moon. Um, and this is something that that Jung picked up on. I'm I'm reading uh, Mysterium Conjunctionis, I think it's called um, Jung's last book on alchemy, and he he sees that as a major point. This mythology, where you have this uh, this sort of uh, conjunction of the of the sun and the moon, in the figure of uh, Asclepius, um, Darren. Yes, I, I, I shot a little video today to send to Alan, and as I was setting up the 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 flask, a, a raven threw a flew across the horizon line at the bottom of at the top of our moon meadow. Oh, perfect. So that was uh, that was Coronas, and and I I said uh, big fat raven flew. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's who she was. Um, okay. 
<laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yep. Um, so then, then you have this other identity of so so Asclepius. He became uh, like controversial because he was a healer, and he was such a good healer that he um, prevented people from going into the underworld. He he or or he rose people from the dead. So people who had been in the underworld, um, he rose from the dead, and then they were able to come back into this world. And so uh, Hades, the ruler of the underworld, or Pluto, um, became upset with him and demanded that uh, Zeus take away this power to uh, um, uh, elevate people from the underworld because uh, Hades was losing his own power, his own, his own dominion. Um, so there's that part of that. In uh, in Christian times, he gets identified, or Christ gets identified with him, um, because there's this uh, a lot of the a lot of the episodes of Asclepius and the episodes of Christ end up being the same mythology. And Christ is also called the healer. And Christ, of course, um, also rose people from the dead. And the time that we're going to do this on April 11th happens to be Holy Saturday, which is the harrowing of hell. Um, and this is the time when Christ went into the underworld uh, to save all of the people who were kept in hell. Um, and the only reason that they were there was because they weren't able to be redeemed by Christ because he hadn't arrived yet. So all these people prior, like like thousands of years in history, before that, Christ was able to liberate from the dead. So when Christ was on, um, Christ was crucified. He went into the tomb. During the tomb, um, he's actually in hell, um, liberating these people from hell. And there's great art pieces, medieval art and, and art all the way through, on this moment, the harrowing of hell. Uh, and so that's what's happening. That's that's sort of the the symbology of what of what's going on when we're when we're doing this. So you have uh, Asclepius saving people from the underworld, Christ saving people from the other underworld, um, the conjunction of the sun and the moon as Asclepius, and the and a similar conjunction with Christ. So you have uh, um, the Holy Spirit as the sun, um, who conceived Christ. And then you have Mary as the moon, um, so it's an interesting thing. And then, and then, of course, the next the next day is Sunday is the is the resurrection um, when when Christ comes back. Um, so that's sort of the deeper uh, symbology that we're, <laughs> we're dealing with. It's kind of interesting. Also, at the same time, uh, SJ, you can talk about this too, maybe. Uh, Right at Sagittarius, where this is this whole thing is focused, and um, we've also got the uh, galactic center, the the actual galactic center point, which is traditionally that in the Milky Way, which crosses Ophiuchus. I think um, this was the traditional road to the underworld. So it, it's actually really well placed in the sky. Um, what we're looking at, but. Uh, yeah, SJ, do you know more about that? You mentioned that before, about uh, where exactly uh, Galactic Center is. Yeah, um, I, um, the Galactic Center, I guess they, they place it on in the Zodiac at 26 uh, Sagittarius. And um, so, I, you know, and that's 
I'm not so much of it. Galactic Center is more of a modern astrological. Yeah, idea sure. Or, or sure. Tool. So it's not something I have that much expertise on. I just know where it is. I know a lot of astrologers get excited about it when there's um, aspects that are made near it. Um, I think, you know, the moon being at 15 degrees, it's a little far from it. But I mean, I still think it's in the same, you know, certainly in the same zodiac sign of where we're focused. But, um, you know, the Galactic Center, you know, my understanding is what the Milky Way. So we're in the Milky Way galaxy, and that would be the sit like towards the sun of the galaxy. So whatever energies and it's there, it's radiating from that point. You know, we may be moving towards an alignment to that. I think it would happen um, perfectly about a day after, maybe 18 hours after our ritual. The moon will move into that, but it will be applying to that area. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask, can I ask you a question, Nor? Um, the I, you mentioned something last week about Jesus coming with the sword. Yeah, and I, yeah. it, does that relate to this liberation in hell? Can you speak a little bit about Jesus and, and, this, and his use of a sword uh, as it may relate? That's a, uh, that's a verse in the Bible about Jesus. Um, he said, I uh, do not think I came to bring peace, for I come to bring a sword. Um, so I, I brought that up in uh, response. Alan was talking about Mars. Uh, well, in in our chat, we were talking about Mars and 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 sort of the uh, uh, the importance of getting the moon away from a sort of a hard a hard aspect of Mars. Um, and then also I mentioned that uh, like in um, Agrippa in the Agrippa's magical system, which is based on the same sort of medieval ancient magical system you're talking about, um, he's also mentioning this thing called the Bahenian uh, fixed stars. Um, and there's one of those in Sagittarius. Like, it, again, it's far from the, the 15th degree that you're talking about, but uh, on, on the other side. But um, that, the only, fixed, the only uh, Bahenian fixed star in Sagittarius at that time is, is Antares, or Antiares, um, which is, means anti-Ares, anti-Mars. Uh, anti um, so, so I, I, I said that and, and Alan, Alan made the great point that we don't want to, we don't want to sort of alienate Mars's energy. Um, so, so I, I think SJ, you explained what we're trying to do with, uh, getting rid of these hard aspects, but then that's when I, that's when I told about, uh, that quote by Christ where Christ bringing the sword is also a Mars figure in a sense. Like he is, he's, he's bringing a, uh, a war of the spirit. Um, and that, that line has traditionally been utilized to sort of counter the idea of a Christian pass passive nature. And also, um, I, I actually have, I've read a lot of literature about basically the history of that 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 line being uh, sort of grounded in the politics of um, what what were the the what was the average Jewish person living in this Roman oppression? What were they hoping for? They're hoping for um, a, a basically a militant like a revolutionary figure to free right. them from the chains of the oppressor and. That's that sentence is sort of all very often argued 
sort of in contrary to the popular Christian turn the other cheek view of handling that, that that sentence, um, you get where where I'm going with that, but. uh, Yeah, it's also matched with that, uh, the famous incident with Christ going into the temple and, and, uh, and rushing like violently, physically rushing out the, uh, the, the moneylenders in the, uh, in the temple the users in the in the temple and saying yeah. this temple should be a uh, a house of prayer but you've made it uh, a den of thieves you know um so that's interesting too like that's kind of <laughs> we want to look into that it's kind of the revolutionary aspect of what we're doing maybe absolutely yeah can i just make a one more final or comment on the chart because this is this is really relevant here um that so in, in electional astrology or in magical electional astrology, there's different debates amongst astrologers on, on the last aspect of the moon and the next aspect of the moon. These are kind of very important features of, of a chart. And the one thing about this chart that while it is safe from, from a hard aspect to Mars, the last aspect the moon made in the sky before this moment was actually to Mars. It completed a sextile to Mars. And so, and so, uh, it's what we call carrying light. You know, the moon is sensitive and it, it transfers or carries the light of the planet um, that it made an aspect to most recently. And so that's one feature of this chart. While it's not a hard aspect to Mars, it is carrying Mars's light during this ritual. And so I do think it's very wise. And this might not be, you know, completely ideal, um, strictly speaking, but... This was the best time we had. Uh, it, it was the closest to the electional options we were given. And so because of this kind of martial quality of the moon, it, it's going to be in a supportive, um, you know, uh, carrying like supportive martial energy. But I don't think we want to um, hide from this. I think we really want to make it uh, explicitly seen in what we're doing as a way to remediate it. And so I think that this is why, like, the symbolism of Jesus and the sword and, you know, the anti-Eris or however we want to incorporate this, I, I think it's worth um, ex- being explicit about it so it doesn't get hidden, like Alan was mentioning, keeping it in our shadow. You know, and, and one way, like some astrologers, uh, a delineation I like is that Mars can be utilized most positively as a, as a passionate defense of what we, of what we find true. Uh, uh, you know, so, you know, we can think about defending the truth here. Dennis just mentioned in the comments, the sword is truth. This might be a way to incorporate it in, a, in sort of a clean way, this martial energy. So it's just one other note about the chart that I think I'm glad you mentioned that, Alan, last week in the chat, because we don't want to hide that. Yeah. And I do see here, I was looking at the chart that you've sent us and, um, so it says day of Saturn, and that's obviously it's Saturday, but it says hour of Mars, the fifth hour of night. Um, do, I don't, I'm not familiar with that, uh, sort of how that would work. Um, I can, yeah, I can tell you quickly on that. So the, the days and nights, the hours of the days and nights were divided by the planets. Um, uh, in fact, in Prague, you have an astrological clock right there in Prague. I don't know if you guys have been there. But yeah, it's actually absolutely. an astrological clock that divides the day into planetary days and planetary hours. And this is how magicians would time their rituals. And so, yeah, during this moment, uh, it will be in the hour of Mars. The so it's funny. Be- so you, you sorry, 
I'm sorry, said to protect the moon from Saturn and Mars, and it's literally like I'm seeing like that's these yeah. are featured here. Um, <laughs> and I, but yeah. I to say like I, you know I I've been taking notes and sort of I almost feel like um, so Saturn I associate with very strongly personally, and Mars uh, particularly particularly the fire um, the f- uh, for personal synchronicity reasons the the fire is important to me right now. Um, and honestly, as is Mars, but also uh, I think we talked about we're in uh, the moment of Aries. This is taking place in. So I almost feel like it's my responsibility in this to kind of um, keep them in mind uh, to sort of off- offer their um, give give them give them some attention. Um, so that's just just to say that's really interesting that this is this is how that shows up. So as soon as I saw that, I because um, I was like, wait, those are literally the the signs that SJ sort of singled out uh, in this. Yeah, and you know, people use the planetary days and hours differently, and they give different importance to it. Um, so I mean, but yeah, there's no doubt about it. This will be with the Saturn day Saturday uh, during the hour of Mars, and uh, you know, the thing just to say too, I mean you can keep the moon safe from hard aspects to Saturn and Mars. However, they're always present. These energies are always there. And so it's, it's worth just acknowledging that. So I appreciate that, Alan. Alan, I wanted to ask you, you dropped in the chat of, of some stuff. It looks like from your book. Uh, yeah. So, you know, so like we were talking and I was like, I was like, Oh, I, I remember I had done some writing on the Ophiuchus Asclepius sort of, uh, commonality there. What I didn't realize is that I had written about them in the context of Eden, uh, which is funny because Mar, you said e- this Eden bridge is sort of our lo- our our physical location for this ritual yep. is literally the bridge to Eden. And I had written about these figures connected to Eden, uh, and um, Zenor talked about Jesus going into the underworld. This passage through the underworld. So literally these. Four pages here literally takes you from Eden through the journey into the underworld and out comparing these different figures. And maybe it might be worth sort of noting the that there is this uh, Egyptian equivalency in here um, of sort of bringing attention to. So like this first page, this is just um, talking about Eden and whatnot, but sort of uh, going to the second page, looking at the idea of the serpent wrapped around the tree of knowledge in uh, in Eden as being a variation of the serpent wrapped around the rod of Asclepius. Um, so sort of that equivalency there. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I didn't. I didn't really read this, so I'm just kind of skimming. I, I kind of skimmed it because I was trying to listen to what you guys were talking about. Um, but I just knew that this was here. Uh, let's see. Um, talking, connecting this to Saint Patrick and Osiris, um, and then the Egyptian creation myth: uh, the first god, a tomb, uh, variation of Adam or Adam. Um, and what does this say here? This was this last caption says, um, a tomb upon a serpent from the seventh hour of the Amduat 
Like the sun god Ra, with whom he was associated, Atum was constrained to pass through the netherworld regions in the cycle of death and regeneration. So that just seemed relevant to what Zenor was talking about with the, the story of Jesus. And I don't know, I plan on reading these few pages later, like after you taking the time to read through them. And I just want, I was like, oh, let me just send them into the chat so you guys have that option if it speaks to you at all. So I'm just curious, I mean, now that we have everybody here, is there any kind of housekeeping or logistical things that we should talk about? Um, I know I saw Guillaume was going to go to sleep, but I mean, did we cover everything, do you think, about what just these kind of questions about how this is going to go down and what people need to bring and maybe people have questions about it? Yeah, um, uh, the one thing... Uh, the one thing that you mentioned uh, in an email, I think, SJ, is about the uh, the actual hymn, so the Orphic hymn to uh, Asclepius, um, and which version which version to use. And I think you you mentioned uh, two versions. One of them was by Thomas Taylor, and I think the other was a more modern kind of more academic version. Is that right? Yeah, that that's right. Yeah, the Thomas Ta uh, Taylor is from his. Yeah, translations in the 18th century. So they have a antiquated English that rhymes. I like the Taylor translations. They're they're very popular. There, uh, but the other website is a website that is studying the Orphic hymns and and some of the hymns they actually translate them, kind of um, word for word, and then and they'll build their own new translation based on a kind of more strict adherence to the to the Greek uh, um, into English. And and so I I was going to throw it to the group. I mean, maybe Mark can read them if he's going to be starting the ritual, and get a sense of which ones he which one he feels more um, attuned to, um, or or really anybody can do that. We can read them here now and let people kind of see what they think. But yeah, those, those it 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 might be a it might be a good idea for a, a practice. Um, I was just thinking with the uh, the Thomas Taylor. It's Interestingly, like probably the uh, probably the other version is more literally accurate, um, but um, it's interesting. Taylor, he's he's one of the first guys in English to translate a lot of the uh, Neoplatonic scriptures and like the the Orphic hymns and a bunch of different things into English. Um, and this is in the uh, kind of late 1700s, early 1800s. And he was a major influence. It, he he kind of sparked off a renaissance of knowledge in a way in, into English. And he was a major influence on on poets like Blake, and and uh, and then Romantic poets, and and then subsequent generations of poets, um, including also the Theosophists in the in the later part of the eighteen hundreds, um, like people like J R S Mead, who was uh, the kind of secretary of uh, Blavatsky. So you have this. So I, I think I think uh, Taylor is sort of charged, like it's a charged um, hymn. It has all, it has all this sort of poetic background, and and it's it's probable that uh, Taylor himself was some sort of an, an initiate, and so he already had that kind of intention built into it. Um, so whereas the the more modern translation was probably more, like I said, literally accurate. Um, 
I don't I don't know if it would be as charged with meaning as uh, as Taylor's. I I defer to your uh, opinion on this, uh, Nor. Um, are you comfortable with reading a po poetry? Who all of us? All of us, or you? Yeah, yeah. The um, uh, the original plan was. Uh, I don't know, Mark, if you saw that. Uh, I had posted um, that album by Coltrane, the John Coltrane album Ohm. Are you are you familiar with that one? No, no, I'm not. Okay, it starts out. Um, I, I can post it again, but it starts out with uh, all of the band, like however mem however many uh, musicians are involved. They're all reading uh, this hymn from uh, the Upanishads on Om, and so they all read it together. And like, I am Om, and then and then as soon as that finishes, um, then they go into the free jazz blowout for however many minutes, like forty minutes or whatever, and so. The ritual starts with them reading the hymn, and then they have this blowout, and then finally when the blowout uh, dies out, it goes back into the same hymn, and then it finishes, and then the whole album is finished. Um, so the album itself appears as a, as a kind of uh, as a ritual. And so, so, the, uh, so the idea that we had is maybe doing the same thing. We start out with the, uh, the Orphic hymn of, uh, to Asclepius, which, uh, which SJ found. And it's it's totally fits so well with this, reading this all together at once, when we start, and then mm -hmm. and then after that, we begin with whatever else every single person wants to read going around the globe. Yeah. Then having our blowout together for however long that is, like I just, um, whatever we'd like to do, Dionysian, um reverence or madness or whatever it is and then and then coming back to end the ritual again coming back to the same hymn reading it together and then finished and that's 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 sort of the uh that's sort of the idea as far as i as, as far as i know beautiful I you know I like the idea of the uh, the lineage of Taylor the way you described it and just sort of briefly reading that um, link that was sent as well. Um, it, it sounds quite a sort of commanding sort of uh, stance he has on words. You know, I don't know the particular hymn, but, um, but he sort of definitely has a commanding sort of tone in his uh, words. One so thing. Uh, I just I dropped into the chat here. If you want, this is a link to the Ohm album. If you want to listen to that later, uh, and then yes, SJ just dropped two screenshots here. So we want to be looking at the second one. That's the gray, not the blue text. Okay, I've got it. Yeah. Just to say, just quickly. I mean, I, I hear Taylor. I just want to give a, kind of the case for. I mean, I think I think we'll probably and I'll probably read the other one, whatever one's not read during the free time, and maybe even read it a few times. Who knows? But, but you know, Taylor does have this lineage. There's so much packed in that is that back. Might that be baggage? I mean, there is discussion of kind of the new age and and that we're entering into, and and it might be worth considering kind of getting going back down to 
a stripped down source uh, version of this one that probably hasn't really been used in magical rituals um, as a way to kind of birth into something new. Now, I'm not against Taylor. I like Taylor. It's just, um, you know, so I can see a case for not using Taylor. The other thing, Taylor, I think we want to practice a little bit because the language is antiquated and there's some words. In this one, I don't know if there's any words that are um, strange, but in a lot of his, there's these kind of strange words. So it might be worth taking a look before just to get a sense of it. Um, but, but I mean, I'm certainly for Taylor if you guys are feeling feeling that. Um, Have you got the other? Could you post the share the other one? The other yeah. I've just read, I've just read the um, uh, Taylor one. The other one yeah. is the one in blue, is it? Uh, yeah, the one in blue. Uh, okay, is, is the is the other one, and that's someone okay. that just, it went to the Greek and then basically did a translation that's it's a little closer to the Greek. You can see the language there; it's a little stripped down and direct, and it, and it's maybe easier to to palette. I think. We're, um, does it, sorry, does anyone know the the uh, distinction why one is marked as the sixty sixth and one is marked as the sixty seventh? I could find out. Um, let me see. Here. That's. I was just curious if anyone knew. Yeah, it seems to be a different. Uh, uh, it probably has to do with like an updated, maybe when Taylor did his translation, he left one out. And so these modern people have come back in and said, well, this should be number one. That's my guess. I'll see if I can find that out, Alan. It seems a bit different. Though. It's including different information. Um, maybe we should just get um, 66 and this? 67 of both just to check. How about Zanor, would you read the Taylor and then SJ, would you read the, the other? Put you guys on the spot here. Okay. Um, yeah. Just I think we should look up the uh, sixty-six and sixty-seven for both, just to make sure that we're not. Uh... I, I have it here. So sixty-seven for Taylor is to Hygieia, and it's a. I think it's pretty clearly different. Um, it's okay. to health or to Hygieia, and I mean I think that the Taylor translation is is pretty close to what I'm seeing. I mean you can. Um, Let's see here. I mean, look at the first line. Great Asclepius, skilled to heal mankind. That's Taylor. Whereas this other translation, Asclepius, healer of all, master physician. So I think it's probably pretty clearly from the same source. Maybe he just added some information. I, well, Taylor's no, he's known to kind of add flourishes. and Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, there's a case for, for both, I'd say. So, Alan, what did you want? Oh. I was I'll essentially read. asking you guys to each read the one so that we can get a sense of, like, I almost just wanted to see how it sounded. Uh, if, we're, if we're deciding between these two and there are cases either way, I just kind of wanted to hear them both. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll read. You want to go first, Nor? With the, uh, with the Taylor? Yeah, with the Taylor. You want to okay. read the Taylor? I'll read the, this model. Sure. Yeah. sure, sure. Okay. Um, greatest... Asclepius, skilled to heal mankind, all, ru all ruling paeon and physical kind, whose arts medicinal can alone assuage diseases dire and stop their dreadful rage. Strong, lenient God, regard my suppliant prayer. Bring gentle health adorned with lovely hair. Convey the means of mitigating pain and raging deadly pestilence restrain. O power, all flourishing, abundant, bright, Apollo's honored offspring, god of light, husband of blameless health, 
the constant foe of dread disease and the minister of woe, come, blessed Savior, and my health defend, and to my life afford a prosperous end. Woo! <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll jump in here. Here's the other one, okay? Uh, Asclepius, incense mana. Asclepius, healer of all, master physician, you charm the many pains, misery, and disease of man, soothing, doughty one, come bring back health, and end my maladies and the strident certainty of death. O life-giving boy, averter of ills, blessed one, mighty, honored son of Thevocephalium, foe of disease, perfect ally of Yayei, come, happy one, savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. Yeah, um, actually, I like that one better. <laughs> um, I I think it. Uh, I don't know. I think um, Taylor is trying to make it uh, rhyme. Um, so he's probably. This is this is what happens in translations. Is that uh, probably the original Greek um, did rhyme, and so Taylor's trying to follow the rhyme of it, whereas these guys are trying to make a literal, it's, it's more important, the literal translation. And so they don't, they don't have the rhyme. Um, so, but I don't know. I think it, I think this is, I think it's, it's stripped down. It, it doesn't seem as, uh, it doesn't seem as contrived the, the one that you read. So actually, I forgot about this. I have, there's a new translation of Orphic Hymns that was just published, and they're awesome, they're amazing. It's a poet, scholar, translated them. And I didn't uh, include this before because I was thinking it would be under copyright. But uh, let me get this one up. I don't think it's going to matter if we just read uh, read it, read this one. Does it take me a second to find it? It's in my Kindle or my Google Play books. But this one is probably, it's stripped down, but it's got the uh, the quality of a, po a poet working. And um, yeah, I'd, I, I, I want to encourage you, to, if you can, take a moment to, to look for that. Because um, if, if, if you don't mind, I want to throw a question here while you're looking. Um, so I, there were two points. I've been trying to take notes as you were talking earlier about the breakdown of the, the sort of moment, this, this um, sort of screenshot, astrological screenshot of this moment. And uh, for one, I noticed they make the point of there's this sort of um, elemental um, stats. It's almost like it's like a role-playing game stats. You know, it's like fire five, earth three, air three, water one. And that's sort of speaking to um, where, what elemental energy is sort of most represented and whatnot. And for myself, I've been thinking, for the last few years, I've been thinking a lot in terms of um, elemental importance. Um, and particularly for this ritual, I've, again, for personal reasons, I was mentioning, I was sort of feeling this Mars... Um, focus in my mind of how the lens through which I'm viewing this and I've been thinking very much in terms of fire for this ritual and so seeing that uh, fire being highly represented here uh, makes me on one hand sort of pleased to see that but also want to ask if anyone has an opinion or thought does that you know do we want to um essentially ride that focus if it's a fire heavy energetic 
uh, to lean into that, or is this is the attempt to create a more balanced situation and sort of, in a way, uh, amplify the water angle here? I just sort of wanted to see if anyone had an opinion on that. I can just say the fire, they say fire burns away vir the virus, you know, that the heat kind of goes away with the virus. And so if Absolutely. We bring it, yeah, bringing it back down to this, that idea of this is healing, trying to heal a virus at some level, uh, I can see fire as being really important. Well, I'm, I'm happy to light a fire outside our place uh, on that occasion. And um, one thing I was told about fire in some tradition or other was that uh, fire holds the library of all the conversations spoken around fire. Huh. So, so every uh, conversation or lament or celebration has somehow contributed to this library. When we sit around that library, we're encouraged and we become expressive and play the guitar the first time and all that kind of stuff. And um, so I can light a fire here and I can even sit outside if it's not cold and do what we're doing outside there around the fire. And fire, of course, is the uh, uh, cleansing, one of the cleansers, isn't it, you know? That sounds great. I, I didn't know that. That's, uh, that's amazing. That the, yeah. recording, the recording aspect of fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside everything that's ever been said, you know, Mark. I have a um, I I built a fire pit where I am here, oh, and fantastic. I was, and I was thinking of that I would that like that's what had been on my mind that I would build a fire that day that that would sort of be um, a way in which I could contribute. Um, okay. Den it looks like Dennis is saying the same thing. Uh, that's yeah. great. I really like that idea. Um, maybe. You know, everyone, even if it's have a lighter, have a candle, you know, if, if everyone, in, you know, seriously, yeah. right? like, yeah. if, if there's 30, I, I don't expect that if you're living in an apartment building in New York that you're going to build a bonfire. But I do expect <laughs> maybe you could light a candle or something that 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 uh, that fire would be uh, a sort of connecting node. Um, Uh, I just I do want to throw one thing out here is just to, to speak to my one concern about if the water energetic is not properly represented. Water is also thought of as, you know, a purifying element. And um, Mark, I'm going to uh, just sort of lean to you and say, um, if you have I know the water has played a really essential part in your um, experience and you have. Um, you know, sort of really worked with that energetic before. Uh, I would ask if you would, however you want to do it, that could be boil some water over that fire, or if you have a vial of water from your your uh, source, uh, or or anything. If you would even just, in some way, incorporate a, a water element into it. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll happily do that. And what I'll do is I'll let you know in the next couple of days what I think of. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I won't shoot something now. It'll, you know, something. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just feel yeah. like uh, I do want 
sort of to address what I see as a, um, I think water is obviously important and um, I don't, I just don't want to ignore it. Again, like I'm sort of like looking, well, I'm looking at areas in which I want to sort of strengthen or reinforce uh, some balance here uh, of, of the overall container. Uh, SJ, looks like you found you, your other one. Do you want to read this guy here? Yeah, I'd love to. And just to say, yeah, Patrick Dunn, um, this is the new translation, and um, he, he, he tries to hew close to the, to the um, Greek similar to the one I read before. So you can kind of hear similarities here. I'll read it now here. Uh, so 67 for Asclepius, incense mana, healer of all Asclepius, pie on the Lord who touches humans with magic, soothing the agonizing suffering of disease. Strong one, may you come and lead down health, ending sickness and the hard fate of death. You are a helper promoting growth and keeping evil away, sharing blessings. Strong child of Phobos, Apollon, your fame shines and, and you hate disease. You hold Hygieia as your blameless spouse. Come, blessed one, Savior, send a good end of life. So I don't know. That's even more stripped down. I kind of like the other one better than the Dunn. But um, anyhow, there it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, I like, I agree with you. I, li I like that first one, whatever that is. What translation is that? The uh... I'll send I'll send the website. It's just from like a group of people that I guess have made a website and they're trying to like open source a translation uh, of these. They're not all available, but some of them are here. I'll send it right now. It's called Hellenic God. And um, sorry, that's their project statement. Let me go back to the Asclepius one. Here it is. Hellenic Gods. There we go. I think this is the best one too. Yeah, and this was the one that was highlighted in blue. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like. I did like that actually. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, the, the Taylor. So you got an echo there. The Taylor is just. It it seems too um, too bloated in a way. Um, like it's. Uh, I think it would be interesting the 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 rhyming scheme for that time, but I. This one it seems at at the same time more modern, and at the same time it seems to tap into the the the, the more ancient energy as well. Um, that Taylor that Taylor one's very Old Testament to me. Yeah, yeah, like that. Um. So it, it sort of reflects his time more than it reflects our time or maybe even the, the ancient time. But I think this one in blue, whatever the translation is, it, it, uh, it kind of, it's, it's sort of a more modern style, sort of a stripped down style that doesn't rhyme, that's sort of more free verse in a way. And, but it also, it seems to have the, this kind of simplicity that, that might take us right back to the ancient uh, Dowdy, life-giving boy. I mean, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and how did how did you pronounce? There was a name here, a uh, foe of disease, perfect ally of. How did you pronounce that? Y Y I E I A. Oh, that's supposed to be Hygieia. Like, Hygieia. Like, like, yeah. like hygiene. Oh, like hygiene, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And then the other one is uh, Phoebus Apollo. Basically, we could just trans we could, we could just translate this as uh, as as Phoebus Apollo. 
Uh, and Phoebus is uh, is associated with Mars. No, Phoebus is the sun, right? So you have uh, Phoebe the moon and then Phoebus the sun, um, which are Artemis. Oh, I'm thinking Paula. of uh, Phobos, sorry. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, that's sorry. right. Yeah. Never mind. So this one, yeah, so yeah, we should be, uh, should get the pronunciation right on that, just to, just to make that clear, I guess. We can write it out before, and I, maybe I can do this with the, with the pronunciation, uh, Hygieia, and then Phoebus Apollo. Maybe you can write in the text there, Zanor, in, in the chat, and I'll type it up later and send it in the email of exactly how the Phoebus should be written uh, in a way. Well, I think, not, yeah. I think in the, um, uh, in the last translation, it's written both of those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, good. Yeah. Sometimes Phoebus, like he's written it. Uh, P-H-O-I-B-O-S. Sometimes it's written uh, P-H-O-E-B-O-S. But the pronunciation is usually Phoebus. And then Apollo. Um, we don't need... Yeah, this one it says Apollon. Um, usually Apollo is, is what people say. And then Hy Hygieia. Okay. And if you go to the, the link I sent, the HellenicGods.org link, they actually break down the, the ancient Greek the literal transcription into modern Greek, and then the word-by-word -word ancient Greek, each word translated into English. Cool. So you can really, um, yeah, look under the hood at how they, how they got there. One other thing I just wanted to clearly uh, say here about the chart, you know, earlier I mentioned the moon will be carrying Mars's light. You know, some ancient astrologers like Dorotheus, the, um, um, you know, uh, Hellenistic astrologer, it actually might be a good thing that the moon is uh, fleeing Mars. It's leaving from Mars because he, Dorotheus says that you want to, to make the last aspect of the moon be a malefic planet if you're trying to leave a situation that's bad. And so mm -hmm. I think that's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's another way to incorporate this martial energy is that, you know, we, the coronavirus and the situation we're dealing with, the martial law, the lockdowns, whatever you want to describe it. We're trying to, to go away from that and enter something else. So that might be a positive there as well. Can I ask one more question then? Uh, I made a note. You said that the moon is waning. And you said that means we want to decrease something. And I want you to speak to maybe a little more precisely about what you meant by that. But I do also want to say that it made me think of something is uh, we are in, if I'm correct, we're presently in the period of Lent, I think. Yeah. Um, right? Yeah, we've got to be. We're, we're, we're like a week or so from Easter. Yeah, actually, so, the, uh, the Holy Saturday is the last day of Lent. Right, right. So I was thinking when you said decrease something, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not um, coming at this from like a, uh, supporting the concept of Lent in, in, in general, but just there's something about that idea of making a sacrifice um, for the point of charging uh, and, you know, charging an energetic. And uh, I thought for myself, I was like, well, maybe I'll think of something like a sort of Lent, uh, like a Lenten ritual, something I can give up for the next week, next six days, essentially, and say, I will, you know, 
I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to, I was gonna, like, maybe I won't smoke weed for six days. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <That's> probably... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm homebound. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm... that's too much of a sacrifice. So... No, I will. Now, now you make me feel like I should say that. Um, but my point being, uh, so yeah, something that's meaningful to say, Hey, what is a sacrifice that can be made that, um, and it doesn't have to be as explicit as like, a, like a, modern Christian, like, oh, try not to drink or whatever. But just to say, if that inspires anybody else to think among those terms of something you could say, I want to withhold, essentially sublimate, um, a, you know, something in into a different energetic. Um, and uh, th- that that's that's what I, this was sprang to mind when you said decrease something, but maybe SJ, you can speak to more precisely what you sort of had in mind by that. Yeah, I mean, this is a, um, a principle of, um, let's say, just in general in life, you, know, you might divide your wants into things that you want to eliminate or things that you want to gain. And so um, when you approach a magical ritual, usually it's to either stop something or to get something. So I think that's where this comes from, like at a basic level, that you want the moon to be decreasing and getting smaller if you're trying to eliminate something. And you'll see in like ancient astrological texts, they say, pay a debt when the moon is waning, because then it's you want you want that debt to go away. So you'll pay your debts then. And if you want to like make an uh, increase wealth, you know, make an investment when the moon is waxing, because that investment will then increase. And later interpreters, uh, you know, and later authors, they just say like, okay, the other thing to note about this, sorry, is that everything you can frame in a way of increase or decrease, right? So some, some modern uh, astrologers will say, well, we, we like the waning waxing distinction, but we can just frame our ritual differently. So in this case, let's say it was, it's, wax, it's waning, we might say we want to decrease the virus, right? But if it was a waning moon, we could say we want to increase health, right? We want to increase our immune system. So some of totally. this, is, okay, yeah. yeah, it's just a frame really of how you want to do it. But that's where it originates in these ancient texts of decreasing debt or increasing money. Um, and, you know, you can see sometimes you all, you also will see it for healing and for getting rid of disease that they do, su- do suggest a waning moon in some, in, in some of the texts. So the um, and then this poem has the the lion right in the center, and then my maladies and the strident certainty of death, so ending, ending disease, right? Having that wane, um, yeah. So that matches. In that sense, then maybe what I'm and I'm just throw this out for conversation. My idea of sort of. Uh, sacrificing something you enjoy might be at odds with this overall idea you're trying to make because we don't want to decrease joy we want to uh in these you know this is uh, not to overly conflate the two ideas i just it's just something to ponder on a little so you're while. saying we all have to take up smoking weed alan yes yeah <laughs> i'm i look forward to a future where we're all I I I I like that idea of uh, of giving up something like the the whole Lenten idea like that um especially if we're trying to kind of mix um mix these two or more paradigms together like the 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 pagan and the christian or or whatever right like uh 
having that sort of nod to the 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 Christian tradition as well, um, which I'd, I'd I'd be willing, I'd, I'd be willing to, for example, not drink anything for the next week or, or something like that. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, they say like the boxer doesn't have sex before the big fight. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> What was, that, what was that? What did I want to throw out here? Yeah, I'm just noticing there's a lot of folks on this call. Maybe that I'm just I'm just hoping everybody has a clarity of kind of what they will do. I mean, I, you know, so three minutes is the time I think we've set. Right. So it, I'm just going to suggest that folks that are going to be participating in the actual ritual, try to get your notes together if you want. But try to get, you know, just at least a clear, a clear mind so that when you show up on Saturday at 11, um, British summertime, you're kind of ready to go. Um, and, you know, I know for me, I'm going to be doing a lot of preparation to get just to, to, to bring some stuff for that three minutes and then for the time after. But I wanted just to see if people have questions or, I mean, you know, we haven't heard from a lot of, or at least I haven't since I've been on this call. And I think, I think this is our time, right? This is our time to get clear. So Dennis said he has to go in 10 minutes. So maybe you want to yeah i just had a quick question um um i at one point i think we said uh if you're um way under the three minutes uh is that like an advocating or um passing the time or how how did we view that or is that just you just move along and it's all good uh scenario under three minutes if you're Right, you're saying like well, if you only go for thirty seconds, are you ending with, pat? You know, essentially saying like, and <laughs> yeah. now here's you know next person take our take your turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th should there be a thing to say like, essentially a sort of call sign of I'm done. Yeah. Uh... What about just a pause, like just a silence, just to indicate that you're done? Is that um, like yeah, we talked about? Sense. Like we we talked about. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> I yield the remainder of my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like we talked before about having a uh, a chime or something. I don't know how that would work. Um, like how would how would somebody know? Like I've got this um, this this sort of chime, but. I was thinking of it. I I uh, I wouldn't know when somebody's finished. So well, be kind it, of... that also could be. I know Alan and others said we could use the chat as a you know show within the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like uh, when when somebody's when somebody's about to perform or whatever we want to call that. Um, uh, do we want to sort of introduce um, what, like, say we're making a quote or whatever, like, Bill, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I probably take about three minutes to die down. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> No idea what it sounded like there. <laughs> That's that that definitely needs to go on and uh, doing our, our freak out podcast.
part. I think it's too much for the sort of uh, the, the three minute signal. Has anyone got a, you, any, anyone have a bell? Well, I, I, I do have a, yeah, this thing is a Tibetan bell. Uh, oh, yeah, just yeah. Tibetan symbols, basically. Um, That's lovely and clean. I do have a, uh, yeah, a Tibet, nice. I do have a Tibetan bell too, but um, I don't, uh, I don't know how that would work actually. Uh, um, like I, I guess you could check with the chat, and then the person who's speaking could indicate that they're going to finish. But that might be hard if they're, uh, like if you're if you're reciting something. How are you going to write something in the chat at the same time? It's um, it's going to be hard to sort of. I think. Can I just say? I, I think if let's say, uh, you, you someone said, how about just silence? Like this good, like a good pause. Is that mm -hmm. basically, I've been reading something, and then I stop, and there's silence for twenty seconds. In those twenty seconds, either the next person or the person with the bell or the person who was reciting can go to the chat. You know that I think if we allow for. Once a good amount of pause has happened, we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if yeah, that's one very silly idea. Questions, though. The the other thing I, I was wondering: is, do we have an established awesome. order uh, for the who's going when? Or can we, Joe? Joe, what's your question? I heard you saying something. I said I have a very ridiculous idea that might work out awesome. I'll try it right now. So maybe, maybe each of us could choose, or we could have a universal sound effect that we would go in the background. But not just a bell, but everyone would have one. I'm thinking right now that for me, it would be cool if, like, while I'm talking, when I know I'm finishing, you guys would hear this as my talking is kind of trailing off and I'm getting ready to finish. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, did you? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just water running seems like it's pretty universal and easy. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I have a sense that everyone's going to have these things pretty rehearsed. And so probably if you know who's following you, maybe we should state that right now. Because SJ says if we're going geographically, this is not something that's unknown. We could actually write the list and then... You know, you could tell, Dennis, the person that's following you, that you are probably only going to do a minute and 50 seconds. Sure. Or, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And I do, I would really I like do Joe's idea. Seconds, and then I want 15 mm -hmm. seconds of pause or. Mm -hmm. Oops, sorry. Yeah, I just want, I wanted to combine those thoughts. So Joe's idea of like, hey, I, what if we each came up with a kind of a sound? I wanted to say I really like that idea and maybe Doug in that same idea of like, let's figure out who our, essentially our partners are, who's on either side of us and uh, kind of coordinate a little bit. Let's, can we, can we do that? Um, yeah, that sounds good. So, uh, all right. I know that we start with Mark. Okay. And then we go to Wally. And now do we know, is it uh, Guillaume or Jeremy who's next? Uh, so which, so we're uh, going, I think that Jeremy's, uh, right outside of Paris and Guillaume is in Lyon. Um, 
I don't know if, if I know Guillaume was going to speak. But I don't know if Jeremy's here. If you could speak to that. So we're going east or west? Is that we're going east? Okay. Okay, Guillaume wrote in the chat here. He says JJ first, then Guillaume. Okay. Cool. Uh, who's next? Is that probably Joe? SJ, where are you? See, I'm in Batumi. Let me pull up the map and compare it to Tel Aviv and yeah. see. I think Tel Aviv is farther west than Batumi. Let's see. Tel Aviv is. Um, uh, I'm trying to get coordinates here, but I'll just pull it's up the map. I, yeah, he's because I'm on I'm on GMT plus four and he's plus three. Joe cool. plus okay. three. Okay, so uh, Joe is next, um, and then that's you, SJ, and then that's going to be Zenor. And now we have to figure out our West Coast guys. You said Dennis, you're east of Doug. Um, so Doug, I'm then, I'm Central Time Zone, yeah. I think it froze for a second. Oh, and oh, do we know who's you or Bill who's closer? Oh, and I skipped, I fucking skipped Hannah. Hannah is, I have to find out, I think she's in Denver right now. So. That would put her before me. Wait. No, between you and Dennis, likely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Dennis, you're so in. Bef- yeah, I'm in Iowa, that's central time zone. So. Yeah. Bill's in Chicago. He's east of you. Bill is east of me, yeah. All right, okay. So Hannah. So, so I Doug... follow Bill and then Hannah follows me. Right? No, 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 no. <laughs> We're moving east. So it's gonna go Doug. Oh moving. So it's gonna go Idaho, then Denver, then Iowa, and then Chicago. Illinois. Then Chicago, yeah, yeah. Bill's yeah. after me. Bill. Okay. And then uh, that leaves me and uh, Jordan. And um, let's see, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I'm going to look at a map also. I, I will say, um, I, I, I will, I admit that I hope it turns out that he is further east because I want to end in New York, but... <laughs> Um, okay, my internet is lagging. I might have too much shit open. Let's see. Where, where is he, Alan? What city? He is in Brooklyn, uh, New York, and I am in Richmond, Virginia. So Brooklyn is farther east, definitely. Right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Definitely, yeah. I got a map up here. I just pulled it up. Here. All right. All right, so... I'm going to just write this list in the chat room here, and I want everyone to look who's on either side of you, okay? And Mark, uh, that would include Jordan, uh, and Jordan, that would include Mark, right? Basically going full circle there. Yeah. I'm going to mute we're... my mic while I type that. I want to ask Mark, because I saw in your email, Mark, I don't know if you had spoken with Alan, but, you know, it's kind of nice to have, you know, if you have the, the altar space and some of the things in your physical space, that, as you kind of being the, 
the person to kick this off? Is that something and end it as well? Are you are you okay, comfortable with that, or are you uh, just? Can you talk talk a little bit about about that? Um, if you want. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enthusiastic about the idea. Um, I kind of spend most. I don't. I don't know what most people do, but I spend most of my life engaged in kind of uh, sort of ritual practices of one sort or another, and um, so the whole opportunity of sort of gathering a group uh, with a group of people at such a special time um, focusing in such a way to me is, is, is it's one of the greatest opportunities I've had for a long time and uh, ever since this conversation came up I found myself uh, with a different mindset a sort of uh, a sort of more uh, uh, optimistic uh, attitude to what's going on in the world, because it it, it seems to me that there's a, a level of proactivity in this, in in the magical sense, aligning with sort of some great magi by the sound of things, and um, I think that. Uh, a return to magic is is needed, required, and inevitable in this in this chaotic uh, rebuilding of society that we're sort of stuck amongst. So uh, I think this is a blessed practice we're doing. Uh, we each have our faiths, our traditions, our ways of working the magic. So to to have a, a working uh, based here and supported by uh, the land that we live on and we know so well, you know, is, uh, is a lovely honour for this land as well, this land that we're living in as well, because, you know, it's a gathering and a taking out all these things together. So I'm, I'm thrilled, actually. Um, the, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Well, just quickly, I wanted to note that it might be cool if for the transition approach, we kind of agreed on maybe like one or two sentences to kind of lend to the ritualistic nature of the whole thing. And then each of us after our designated time would repeat that and we would each be repeating the exact same thing. So you know, we would have our individualized three minutes, but then at the end of your three minutes, you would just go right into that sort of hymn that we all write together and agree upon beforehand. Like, I'm done talking, so I end it with, and with these words, I lend, you know, my energy to the blessed ritual of blah, 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 and let it be. And that's how, you know, that's the cue that I'm finished, is that I end with the hymn that we pre-write, and we all end with the same one. Anyway, it's just a, an idea. Yeah, I just I've just written those words, Joe. I mean, we could just use those. Uh, and with these, that's it should be. And with these words, I mean, I like that. I lend my energy uh, yeah. to the blessed ritual and let it be. I mean, that's a nice, that's a nice little phrase. So. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um. Mark, I was also thinking that uh, so if we wanted to circle back, and it looks like it ends with Jordan, 
and then uh, and then it goes back to you. We could start if, if you wanted to start the sort of more free form part of it with that that insane noise that you uh, that you sounded for us before. Like if we begin with that, that boom, and then and then it just uh, <laughs> the, the okay. That's cool. From there, you know, like a, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. That's what, that's the om, that's the om sounding. Okay. <laughs> What what was that? I didn't I didn't see the picture when you were doing that. But. It's a um, uh, a, a Tibetan bowl, those uh, big um, singing bowls. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if we had, so if he, it, Jordan finishes, he 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 says these words, and with these words, I lend my energy to the blessed ritual. So let and let it be, and then and then and then <laughs> yeah, just okay. sound off. Yeah, whatever whatever happens. Yeah, I'm good for that. I've got that as well, actually, everybody. All right, so then the last thing we have to discuss here is, so basically we're going to start, so we have a, just so everyone can picture this starts, is we, uh, as as um, SJ points out, I think it's a good idea, is we gather at the top of the hour, right? The ritual starts at 11, at 18 minutes after, but like, let's make sure we're all on the call, our Skype's working and all that sort of shit. So you got some time, right? Um, so top of the hour. And then at the 18 minute mark, we know, or right around there, we know we're starting. Mark is going to lead us off. Did we, did we say we want to read this in unison? Did we say how we want to do that? I'm still unclear. Um, so that's a question. And then uh, Mark would get his three minutes. Jordan go when we wrap all the way around the globe. Get to Jordan. Jordan's finished. Mark starts the gong, and then you have your free jazz. And then we need to come up with the next question: is the cue or or whatnot for Mark to then finish this off? And that'll be the that'll be the gong again, Alan. That'll uh, the, be the gong. So. Gong. Yeah. So, okay. so maybe, uh, maybe Mark, you can make the call when, um, like yeah, we're yeah. In th we're thinking that in terms of jazz. So naturally, jazz sort of has a lull to it, where all the musicians sort of are listening to each other, and, the, and it sort of naturally dies off. And uh, at that point, gong, and then back into the uh, into the verse. Okay, just just to nail it down at the beginning, eleven eighteen. We recite a prayer. We recite the prayer together. Yeah. Okay. Yes, all thirteen at once. Okay, cool. Got it. And then we kick off into the three minute, three minute. Yeah. Can I make a suggestion that maybe if we use this sort of gong as our guiding sort of thing here, maybe at eleven eighteen you start with the gong, so people have an audio cue also of like, all right, I'm hearing the gong. I'm going to let it kind of fade uh, okay. out a little bit, just enough, and then start reading. So basically, it's 1118 gong. That might ring for a good 30 seconds. And then once it starts quieting a little bit, we all start kind of coming in to read this prayer together. How does that sound? Right. As, so as it's sort of opening and closing. Perfect. And, and in the middle of, as well, the start of the chaos. Correct. Yeah. So it would and be, here's the opening of the actual ritual. Here's the middle sort of really opening to everybody and then a closing, okay, it's time to 
close that. So should it almost feels like there should be four four times. I um three three times no. Uh, so at the first, and then at the beginning of the chaos, end of the chaos, and then. Oh, so you're saying another another final one right at the end after we do? I'm the asking. Verse? I'm, a, I'm. I'm. Sorry. Sorry. That was a. There was a question mark on that sentence. <laughs> um, right. So if he's doing a gong to end the chaos, but then if we're still going to read one more time this prayer, maybe that almost gets a fourth. It's just. A, it's a, que- a question mark. Um, yeah, so we're sort of changing it a, a bit because the uh, the original the original idea was the uh, the verse itself frames the ritual, and so if we did that, it would be the gong that that sort of are the uh, are, are sort of the uh, the the limit posts, and then oh. and then the verse making a making a, a sort of more inner bracket. So I exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the idea of the verse being. It's just how do you how do you know when to start that? As particularly, um, I can see at the end there where we've done a thing where, okay, we're all in this chaos, chaos dies down, Mark rings a gong, and we all say our prayer. If that's the outer bracket, I'm totally, totally cool with that. Um, it, it, it wouldn't, um, uh, we could do it like this. It just, just have one person who decides to begin speaking it, and we do it slowly. And when the rest of the people hear it, we just we just come into it. It doesn't I. It doesn't necessarily have to be that everybody starts at the same time. One person starts, and then everybody sort of joins in to it. Yeah, let me know? jump in real quick. Uh, I have a real technical thing to mention here. If we did that, where we all joined in speaking the prayer together, since we can't split the audio up for our voices at the end, I think it would be really beneficial if. Whoever's sort of leading the prayer, I mean, whoever's starting it, gets to, on the audio track, be in the stereo and in the front of it. And everybody else recognizes that while they're joining in the prayer, they need to back away from their microphone by about two to three feet from where they would talk if they were sort of the main presenter. And what this will do is it'll kind of allow us to hear the prayer clearly because one person will be in the forefront and everyone else will be like a really nice textured sort of echo behind it. But if we all do it into our mics as if we're the main presenter, it'll kind of just sound very jumbled and you won't really be able to follow it. So just a little technical piece. It's a great point. I love, I love that idea. Yeah. Uh, particularly of like being mindful of, Am I, where am I, how loud am I trying to be? It's sort of like stepping up to your microphone is, hey, this is me talking and then backing away is, I want to be part of that Greek chorus. So do you, do you want to, do you want to try that just to see how it sounds? So you can just get a bunch of us now and, and uh, try to read that together and see how it, how it does sound. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we, uh, where is it again? Just to throw a point in here um, on the on the issue while we're getting ready for this, the gong issue. What if we did unison together gong, and then when we end, this is my idea before, is uh, or my understanding from before was that during the chaos period, Mark would be able to at his uh, elective, you know, at his, using his his intuitive sense and based on a suggested length of time for that chaos period, 
he would have the power to hit the gong at any time to end it. And then once that gong is finished, then we close with the Orphic hymn together. So the Orphic hymn begins, the Orphic hymn together begins, the Orphic hymn together ends. And then um, the gong is right after or right before that. Right after it at the beginning and right before it at the end. So only two gongs opening and closing the chaos. No, no, no. The gongs. So I'm just talking about the at the, the start of the whole ritual and the end of the whole ritual. And it's the gong's relationship to the unit, the hymn. In terms of during the ritual, I think the gong, I mean, it could come in at any time, couldn't it? Just to kind of, well, it might get confusing then. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I think start with the prayer. I think start with the prayer, then the gong, uh, gong uh, uh, to change to the chaos, and the gong to end the chaos, and then the prayer at the end. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. Okay, I've got to go, guys. Okay, All right, Mark. Mark. Have a great, great day. To to you. Yeah, okay, thanks, Mark. Any notes or anything, uh, uh, SJ, let me have them, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'll, I'll see you at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Okay, awesome. We'll send emails this week as needed. Okay. Okay. Later, later, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, did you, uh, just to ask, um, before we, I don't know, you know, I know, we're going to be losing people here. If you want to do something with a uh, having multiple people speak, do you want to try that now? Yeah, do you want to just try to say the actual hymn that we're going to be reading? Just um, and like, don't worry. Move away from the mic. Uh, well, let's we we could we could let's do, do the pledge of allegiance. No, no. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I pledge allegiance. That's funny. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to just do it? Um. Uh, however, we don't have to step away from the mic first. We could do. We could do two versions of it just to see how it sounds differently. Great. Um, so maybe the first one just just normal close to your mic um, somebody want to count us down is everybody ready I am ready and I just want to say I'm throwing into the chat maybe SJ if you're doing an email thread maybe you could just include this in there and this is basically um that you i've set up a thing on this time and date website that anyone who wants to verify their time can use this as, as their starting point okay I'll, I'll capture that link and i haven't been taking detailed notes now but i'm going to try to remember the key things and put them in an email and, and from that this point to the rest of the call i'll take some detailed notes so. oh no worries i sorry no worries, no worries. okay so are we ready to go i dropped the orphic hymn in there we can do a quick countdown and then just start reading that together
Okay. Cool. Okay. Yep. Five, five, four, three, two, one. Asclepius, healer of all, master, master physician, you charm the main pains, miseries, and disease of man. Soothing, doting, come bring back health, and end my maladies and strides and uncertainty of death. Oh, oh life-giving life boy, averter of, of, of ills, blessed one, blessed, blessed one, mighty, mighty honored son, son of Sibus Apollo, foe of disease, perfect ally of Hygieia. Come, 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 happy one, one savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. end. That was, that, was <laughs> that, was, that was great. I thought that was. Great. It did. It sounded. It sounded. Uh, it did sound like a, a kind of chorus. I like Savior there. Wow! I just noticed that. It's perfect with the with the Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we pronounce the perfect ally? Is that Hygia? Hygia, yeah. Hygia. Like hygiene. Right, right. Ah, I see. Cool. Oh. Yeah, that works yeah, I, out. That works out. Uh, I, I don't know if we need to do the uh, like. It it sounds it sounds pretty good. Like I I think it's it's easy enough to uh, to hear um, just with us speaking uh, speaking close to the mics. I I well, I want to second Doug. So this. This is almost combining Doug's idea and um, Joe's idea. Joe was saying, like, hey, even for the audio standpoint, it's like there should be one person at their mic and everyone else sort of three feet back from their mic or something. Uh, that might do what, might both, what, what both of you are asking for. He's saying a, a rhythm leader and Joe's saying for an audio mix. And I think those both would kind of fulfill Fun. the same need. I'm just I'm just thinking that it gives us a uh, it gives us a different quality of sound when everybody's speaking together and it's sort of this layered layered uh, chanting almost because right after that then we have all these all these people uh, going one by one where it's just one voice one voice one voice one voice so so this one just to make it completely different having everybody at once at the same at the same audio level. Um, Gives a kind of a different sound. Sure, I mean, yeah, there's, there, I can see the argument for that. I to totally get that. Um, anyone else have an opinion here? I mean, I think we can make a suggestion, but I, you know, um, you know, like we're going to have some time when we get on the call right before it begins. And I think it might be just, we can kind of lay down some suggested guidelines for folks just during the chanting, maybe kind of come back a little bit if, if you want. Um, I'm thinking we should, we could even just do one run through without everybody together. We could just have someone like a pace setter, read it, you know, maybe a couple of times while we're preparing. And that way 
people will get a sense of the of the rhythm and then once we go together i actually didn't think on even that dry run it was kind of a hodgepodge and sort of not perfectly aligned but i think it works like i i kind of like the, i think the energy was still captured i guess is, is, is what is what i want to say and to me that's the most important thing you know yeah me too that i i had the feeling when we were doing it like i was trying to listen to li- listen to all the voices at once um and it was interesting, just the different, uh, the different tones and the different way people were speaking and, and how uh, it started to change. Sometimes the voices would sync more together and sometimes they would go, go off. It, it just had a, a kind of an interesting quality to it. Um, but that, that idea of a sort of a lead um, might work, you know, like having one voice that we try to listen to and try to sync with. Do you want to try like what that would look like now? I mean, would it be that the voice would just be like half a second before everybody and they would be following or would it be a call and response or uh, I guess how would that work? It, it, it would just be like as if as if you were in, in, in a band or something improvising where you're just um, one musician is sort of the one that you're you're following. You're following his or her cues, you know. Um, and so it's not, it's not an echo. It's not, um, but say for example, I, I was sort of listening to, uh, to Doug's voice a lot when we just did that. And I was trying to sort of sync up my thing with his, um, he, his pace was a little bit different, which made it interesting. So I was trying to keep up with, with Doug. Um, so that sort of thing, like one one person that we're especially listening to. If everybody was listening to one person, I think it would sort of um, sync like that in a way. Um, you wouldn't get too far ahead or or too far behind. So I just want to. Uh, um, I kind of want to reiterate here is I think. Uh, shit. So Zanor, your idea of like everyone kind of being equal in the mix is that there would be a way there's um hmm would there be a way um but i did well okay um i don't maybe I, I just can't answer that question but i almost feel like joe going back to joe's thing of like hey one person is closer to their mic than others is I think that would allow if we have a candidate for someone that we're going to essentially follow them talking I, I do really like that idea. Even if it changes the mix somewhat, I do think that will allow us to have a pace leader. Um, what about this, Alan? So yeah. what if somebody... Uh, so, like, one of the things that we're talking about doing a lot of is, pretend, you know, practicing and being ready for our own three minutes. What if somebody recorded the hymn, put it out there to the group, and then we just read along with it a few times so that... I mean, it could be. Oh, uh, we have the time down. Yeah, so that's that a great idea. Actually, yeah, so we practice reading the hymn a little bit. I mean, so to your point, Zenora, there was something organic and authentic about it, but it felt pretty crazy to me. But Would so it, that's just it. Uh, can I, I don't can I throw in for. one? If I may, just real quick interject one thing: is here's my concern: is I liked. I kind of was liking the craziness or the, like whatever, but what ended up happening is I was trying to follow like Zenora's voice, and I guess you were trying to keep up with Doug's pace, 
And what ended up happening is there was a phrase in there that I ended up having to skip because I was trying to fix my pacing. And then right, I like right. literally had the immediate thought of like, oh, I don't like that I left part of this out. This, this thing is incomplete. And that, <laughs> uh, that was yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, a yeah, reality yeah. of like what I experienced there. And I don't want to have that on the day of. Um, so I so, do... Go so ahead. Would, that, would that change if we did um, sort of designate one person that we all sort of follow it doesn't mean that that person speaks and then we repeat but it just means that his is the voice that um we try to yeah uh, we're setting the pace. Yeah, yeah we're setting the pace of how fast we're saying this although doug i mean i, I love doug's idea of if we sort of had a a pace to practice to that's something that really does speak to me i really like that idea i don't know if, if anyone is opposed to that we can have right now someone read it. Um, I would elect either uh, uh, maybe elect to use Zenor. This is sort of your your baby in a, in a sense. Um, if you would read this now, I can then I'm recording this audio. I can snip this out and send it to everyone. Just even listen to a few times and have a sense of what the pace is going to be like. I, I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I love it. That's what I heard too. Yes, we too. should find out what the correct pronunciation. So I was saying I don't know if I, I've heard Asclepius, but I don't know if it's Will Morgan or Joseph Campbell. I can type it into. Um, I mean, just Google it. How is Asclepius pronounced? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, this is saying how to say Asclepius. I can type it in here. Let me see if my mic will pick this up. This is. Um, Asclepius. Did you guys hear that? Sure oh, did. That's a good voice. Okay, Asclepius. Okay. Asclepius. Okay. And we're going to say uh, Phoebus Apollo. And also Hygieia. Is that right? Sounds good. Yeah. And then uh, I, I would say Malades. Do you guys say Malades or Malades? Malady is what it is. Malady. Yeah, Malady. Okay. All right. Malady. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I can say this if you want. Asclepius. 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 Okay. Um, I don't know if it matters that much. It, it's, it, you know, the intention, right? Okay. So yeah, do you want do you want me to read this? Yes, please. Okay. Everyone mute. Everyone mute. If you're not Sonora, mute your mic. Um, so yeah, this is just going to be as a recording, um, just for pacing purposes, right? Let's do it. Just to be clear. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So here I go. Asclepius, healer of all. Master physician, you charm the many pains, misery, and disease of man. Soothing, doughty one, come bring back health and end my maladies and the strident certainty of death. O life-giving boy, averter of ills, blessed one, mighty honored son of Phoebus Apollo, foe of disease, perfect ally of Hygieia, come, happy one, savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. 
That's gangster as fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Nice work, Sonora. All right, can I, but I if before we're, if we're sort of might be losing each other here, can I just ask, I wasn't sure, do you still want me to snip out the recording from before? Do you want to do one more recording to send to people, or are we tossing that idea? Just so I know what I'm doing as my homework. Oh, no. well, so for the benefit of people that aren't here, so like there's the one point that SJ made that maybe totally. just doing it is the best, like doing it just no practice is better than practicing. And so that the people that aren't here, it might be better because it'll just be what it is when it happens or that it is good to practice and it wouldn't hurt to read with Zenora a few times during the week. So like I could I could be persuaded to either way. Yeah, and I mean I think it's good to read with Snore during the week. I just think that um, I, I, even if we do that, I'm not sure that we're going to solve this idea of like kind of different pacing and people not really knowing, you know, just like we the problem we just had. So it was more of like a, you know, and I wasn't trying to say that Doug to dismiss the idea of the recording. It's good. Well, I'm thinking the analog is like if you go to like a Catholic mass, the, the portions that everyone say in unison, the reason why they can do that is because everyone knows the thing inside and out. Yeah. And so you just get into the chanting rhythm and you're you're in and, you know, it's not anything you think about. You know, like when and also with you, you know, like all the different little Catholic responses are just kind of built in out of practice yeah and that's something i think it's going to be hard for us to capture because i mean that's over life you know years of just repetition um yeah exactly but i'm not you know why don't we let Znor just for just to complete this oh, here for you, you alan uh okay can, am i cutting out yeah just why don't we let Znor? let's mute Znor. give it one more go do your best pacing yeah, and pronunciation it, from what we've done here. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Okay, I think there's a Skype issue with a lot of us on the call that, that there's some cutting out here. But the idea is, Nori, we've done this now four or five times. You, Why don't you do it one more time just with everything that you've taken in and just give it a nice recording, and then we can snip that and send it to people to practice. Okay, yeah, so just, cool. All right. Okay, I'll start. Uh, I'll count down myself. Um, Five, four, three, two, one. Asclepius, healer of all, master physician, you charm the many pains, misery, and disease of man. Soothing, doughty one, come bring back health and end my maladies and the strident certainty of death. O life-giving boy, averter of ills, blessed one, mighty honored son of Phoebus Apollo, Foe of disease, perfect ally of Hygieia, come, happy one, savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. Asclepius, healer of all, master physician, you charm the many pains, misery, and disease of man. Soothing, doughty one, come bring back health and end my maladies and the strident certainty of death. O life-giving boy, averter of ills, blessed one, mighty honored son of Phoebus Apollo, foe of disease,
perfect ally of Hygieia. Come, happy one, savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. Asclepius, healer of all, master physician, you charm the many pains, misery, and disease of man. Soothing, doughty one, come bring back health and end my maladies and the strident certainty of death. O life-giving boy, averter of ills, blessed one, mighty honored son of Phoebus Apollo, foe of disease, perfect ally of Hygieia, come, happy one, savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. Asclepius, healer of all, master physician, you charm the many pains, misery, and disease of man, soothing, doughty one, come bring back health, and end my maladies and the strident certainty of death. O life-giving boy, averter of ills, blessed one, mighty honored son of Phoebus Apollo, foe of disease, perfect ally of Hygieia, come, happy one, savior, lead my life to a fortunate end. Um, all right, anyone else? Uh... Need anything else here? Oh, Joe's. Yeah, I, mean, I think. I think. Do we feel like we're basically at the end of today's meeting? Yeah. Everyone feel good. Anyone have any last questions or anything? Oh, everybody's doing. Um... Yeah, there was no chit chat. This was just. Oh, we need chit chat. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna go piss while you guys chit chat. I'm gonna piss Jeff. too. I'm gonna piss too. I'll be back, and then we can do a round table or something. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stop recording.